Okay, with Charles William Lane, We Are the Apocalypse is the short film winner of Best Direction at the Wild Sound Film Festival, uh, the June 20, 2022 uh, edition. What an interesting film. So to give people a background, it's an arts collective, quote unquote, that turns to terrorism. Is this an autobiographical <laughs> film of any, uh, of any realm? Like, where did this idea come from? No, not at all. I just, I, I grew up uh, at a time with a lot of, terrorist organizations um, and have and and since then have read about a lot of them like the the uh, in the film I mentioned Bader Meinhof and the uh, uh, SLA the Symbionese Liberation Army the the Patty Hearst you know kidnapping yeah. uh, and the Weathermen and uh, I, I I I've always been fascinated with that but I've always also always been fascinated with uh, um, uh, People, you know, uh, people who have been uh, wrong, wrongly, wrongly accused. Yeah. So, you know. Gotcha. Okay. So tone-wise, this is like I see obviously a lot of short films. This is an interesting film tone-wise, and it works 20, 20, uh, 29 minutes throughout. So, would you call this a comedy first before you would call it anything else? Well, somebody just asked me the other day. Would you say it's a black comedy? I was like, no, maybe a bleak comedy. A bleak comedy, uh, yeah. yeah. That's, but it, it's got obviously it's got crime in it. It's got a little bit of thriller. It's obviously got drama. Yeah. But it's got it's that tone. Is like, are we supposed to take this seriously or yeah or yes? Well, or no? I think you're supposed to take. I think you're supposed to take the the ideas seriously. Certainly not the gang who couldn't shoot straight, which is the the you know the. Um, the terrorist or the IFAC organization, yeah. uh, and and certainly not not the, the 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 never was artist art critic, um, but of course you you should take them seriously because they're human, and you know I grew up I grew up in uh, in Florida, but uh, I I spent most of my adult life in New York City, and. Um, around a lot of never was, has been, you know, uh, men. People who never made it, I guess, right? People who never made it yeah. or who almost made it and didn't. And and there's a lot of misogyny involved in that. And that, yeah. that's what I was trying to kind of convey. Yeah. But also, also on, on the other side, the younger generation. I mean, it's kind of a generational, you know, uh, yeah. standoff. The younger generation are not necessarily kids, but they they are of the 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 uh, you know the internet generation where the media is the message, as opposed to the reality. Uh, I have a I have a master's in media, so okay. I a lot of Marshall McLuhan, um, but. But it, it is true where, the, you know, the closer we get or the longer we go with with the Internet, uh, we're, we're kind of we're kind of uh, overloaded with media. Gotcha. And so just to go back, what did you say about Marshall McLuhan? He was your professor or? Oh, no, no. I, I just studied him. And just studied him. That's the guy from Annie Hall who came in in Annie Hall, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He came in in Annie Hall. And, and he said, you know nothing of my theory. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but but you know he he his famous his famous phrase was the media is the message not not the actual content but the media 
the the message is the media and the media is the message the message yeah and and I, and i feel like the longer we we live in a in a um, you know in a in a media society that we are inundated and the younger we get the more it's part of our 24/7 life it is so yeah. oh, you know it 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 is we can do whatever we want to do as long as we program it as long as we you know show show the world what we're doing and doesn't work that way <laughs> no okay so like would it so to go back to the psychology of somebody who who hits the like who never kind of hits the level of success that they want to as an artist obviously there's there's unfortunately hundreds or even millions of people who who hit that level right where they they have some talent or maybe no talent but then they whatever the tangibles are maybe they have all the talent in the world they just don't really hit the level of success, luck, whatever opportunity, maybe their own personality. So that's sort of what you're kind of getting at, I guess, right? You said you kind of like were around a lot of people like that in Absolutely. your life. Absolutely. Well, I'm pitting that that against another generation yeah. of, of people who think that they can, you know, this this man that they kidnapped by, by happenstance uh, is someone who who was trying, you know, for all intents and purposes, as he is telling them, was trying to make it on his talent, on his whatever, on his personality. That didn't work because he wasn't hip enough. He wasn't whatever enough. Maybe he wasn't talented enough. We never see his artwork. But, But to them, all they have to do is take him and put him and show him to the world and that'll be success enough. It doesn't, you know, so it, yeah. it it's the dichotomy of of his, of, of of kind of the generation I grew up in. He's yeah. a little older than me, but you know, as opposed to the the Maxim magazine of of you know where where yeah. you know you can you can you can be successful twelve times on one page on a magazine. Um, so that that's really you know, in, in a nutshell, kind of what the film is about. You're talking about people who are, who are famous, but not, not, they don't have a skill set. They don't have an, they don't, they're not like good at something. They just, they're famous for being famous, I guess. Right. What? No, no. What I'm, what I'm talking about is that, that when, when I moved to New York city, uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat and, and uh, what's his name? Um, Keith Herring and, and, became famous. Do I think they're phenomenal artists? I don't even know now. Uh, I love art. I, yeah. I, 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 I live art. I'm not an artist. I'm not a painter at all. I used to be a musician. Uh, I'm a, I think I'm a writer, uh, but I'm not an artist. I'm not, certainly not a painter. Um, and, and at the time when they were becoming famous, it was a it was a it was a real separation, but not that much of a separation because you had Andy Warhol who was making soup cans yeah. and still popular. So so now this this man is saying, well, I just wasn't hip enough. Well, was the point? Did you make it in art when they made it in art because you were hip or because you were a great artist? 
I don't know. Yeah, well, that's like, like you can use that analogy for a lot of things, I guess, right? Like absolutely, and absolutely. Except, except, usually, I think I could be wrong, but I, I, I think literature, film, in general, rise to the top. I think art is 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 much more tentative. Uh, because it's based on who you know, I think more than any of the other arts, uh, because there's a lot of shit. Yeah, and now. it's subjective, right? Like it's yeah. like the, the experimental art is, is subjective. Someone call it brilliant and you can call it a kid's six-year-old drawing, I guess, right? Like, Well, absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm not a big Madonna fan, but if you put Madonna's song on, people start dancing to it. Sure. That's different than if you put an artist's you know, in a gallery, uh, people might love an artist because they've been told to love him. Yeah. It's more, I think, than music or, you know, or, or literature. If you're a stand-up, you have to make people laugh. You're, you're like, you can't get away with uh, yeah. being good. Like, yeah, be successful if you're not funny, right? You can't get away with reputation. Yeah. Exactly. It's interesting. It's an interesting, it's an interesting, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you saw, uh, growing up, you saw a king of comedy, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. The kidnapping kind of, uh, yeah. the, the, you know, the drama comedy tone, I guess it was kind of, you know, you're, cause your shot selection is interesting. Your direction is interesting. It's like, it's very like off, off kilter in a way, right. In a good way. Like you're always on an angle. Well, thank you. You said in a good way. I, yeah. I try to do when we, we, uh, we, my 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 DP, uh, I worked with him. I work in TV, yeah. And uh, I worked with him on a show the summer before I we shot the film. And I loved working with him so much. I asked him if he would do a short that I was writing, and he said, "Let me see the short." And then he read the short and he said, "Yes." And I couldn't have done it without him. His name is John L. Murphy, by the way. John Murphy, yeah. Uh, he he he's really phenomenal. And we just, we spent a lot of time planning the shots. Uh, and I wanted more than I got because uh, it, it wasn't gonna work. I wanted a little more tableau. I, I wanted very off kilter, very, yeah. you know, and I like a lot of, I, I love Peter Greenaway. I love uh, uh, Antonioni, I, 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 I like, so we spent a lot of time planning as best we could, because then we had to deal with the space that I found, Yeah, you know, uh, but planning the color, the color palette and, and, and how the actors would move in the space. And then you have to deal with the low budget. <laughs> no, but you yeah. got the, the, the one location, right? Like it's the large, that's the field, but John, as you referred to, he does a lot of uh, kind of like, like documentaries are kind of like for TV, I guess, TV segments, TV documentaries, right? We, we both do a lot of true crime. True crime, okay. So we do a lot of recrees, you know, for true crime. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he so does. So you do like recreate scenes, like like a daylight kind of. Uh, with actors, with, with actors. actual actors, or, you know, I, I work for CNN now where we don't hire actors. We 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 are the actors in our in our recreations. Okay. So you know, but yeah. So he he does a lot of he does a lot of fiction for nonfiction, and I I do that too. But once you're working with actors, it's a whole new ball yeah. game. I That's was a whole. Lucky. 
what you just described is a whole interesting podcast. Like how you just described, you're, you're doing fiction for nonfiction. So it's a recreation, but it's people know it's a recreation. It's like, I have a friend who works on a, on an airplane crash show, right. Where they recreate airplane crashes. And there's a certain tone to that, but we'll get to that. So it's interesting. That's where we both come from. So where, so tell me about your experience with John. Like you said, get the location. Do you guys storyboard things or do you like. No, there was no storyboarding. What we did was I, I, so I worked with him on a show uh, called, uh, I think it was called Truth About Murder with Sonny Hostin for ABC in the summer of 2019. And I was writing this short. I had written a, a feature script that I had won a couple of awards around the world and I was trying to get produced yeah. and it wasn't getting produced. And I said, I really want to get into non, uh, into fiction. I'm, I, I didn't get into nonfiction on purpose. I fell into it. So I said, uh, let me write a short and produce it and, and direct it. Yeah. And I, I have a history, my original, uh, I went to Florida State for theater. So I, you know, I, my original uh, background was in theater. Okay. I said, I, I know I can direct it. So I, after working with John, I, I loved working with him so much. I said to him, would you be interested in uh, shooting a short with me? What are your rates? <laughs> what are you, you know, yeah. and, and he told me and we became a team. And if you look on the thing, I, I against his wishes, I, I made him a co-producer gotcha. because he, he's been invaluable to me. And he's been I mean, we we I think we we didn't we never storyboarded, but we got together and I gave him 20 films that I loved and films that I wanted color palettes to to talk about and for his luck. Yeah. You know, and and that's what we did. And we we met for about two months before we shot uh, off and on. And, you know, because you because it's the, the thing is that you got you're basically in one location for a majority of the film. Yeah, and you have to keep it interesting, I guess. Right. Because you're you're in there for over 20 minutes. Right. It's almost like. A, yeah, yeah. More, maybe more than 20. The whole film is 29. 29. Yeah. So yeah. you have to keep it, it's like almost continuous too, right? So you have to keep it interesting with your camera angles, your obviously coming, people coming in and out to performance. And, like we, and, and just, just for your edification, yeah. I, I, I had a, a, a location scout who was doing it for free and then he dropped out. And I had, to, I had to find that space that we shot most of it in. Well, I had to find both the spaces and, uh, I went and looked at the space, which I thought was beautiful, perfect for what we needed on a Sunday. When we started shooting, we found out Monday through Friday below them was a sewing factory. Yeah, of course. So we had, I almost shut down the shoot and, and rescheduled it and almost sued the, the people who rented me the space because it was a nightmare because we had. Yeah. So, uh, and I hired, uh, this is an, you know, a, a quick other side story. Uh, a woman I worked with at ABC was a phenomenal editor and she wanted to edit my film for free. And that was the deal. But then by the time we finished shooting, it, lockdown hit. 
Yeah. And and she was so busy. I went a year without being edited. So I hired an amazing editor who uh, actually I, I had to do no ADRs, which blows my mind because we had so much bad ambient noise and he he got rid of it. Oh, wow. You know, uh, so I... Well, it's a tiny bit of cast. He should be world famous. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he will be. Like, so tell me about your cast. So you, so where did you find, uh, where did you find your cast? Did you do auditions? Did you know them personally before? Like, where did you I, I, uh, In 2018, I went to LA for the first time in years and had lunch with my uh, Florida State University Theater London program roommate. Pat Skipper. Okay, who's your lead, uh, yes, right? Who played DR. Yeah. Uh, and he said, yes, whenever you're ready for something, you know, I'm on, uh, which was fantastic because I get to say, he played Scully's brother on the X-Files. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's kind of my ubiquitous, famous Hollywood actor. Uh, he's also so, a madman, like one of my favorite shows too. He was right? on Mad Men. He was on... He was season one of Bosch. He played the pedophile alcoholic father. Yeah. Don't don't publish that and say I said that out. No, but uh no, he he's uh you know, we, we hadn't seen each other in years. And um he came on board, so I flew him to New York for the for the film. Uh the lead actress, Sarah Street, is a phenomenal uh Irish. She she did an American accent, which I didn't ask her to do, but it was fine. Uh, she's from Cork in, uh, in uh, South, Southwest Ireland and phenomenal. I, I had just seen her in like three plays in New York and reached out to her. Uh, a friend of mine was in her theater company. And then uh, another actor, John O'Hara, uh, I worked with, I used to be the assistant general manager of the Blue Note Jazz Club and he worked there. He was a kid when I worked with him for years and he, he was acting. His aunt's kind of a famous Hollywood uh, character actress. Okay. And then the other two actors were actually replacements, which was amazing. Uh, one of them, uh, I might be going on too long, but uh, one of them, uh, Yair Bendor, uh, an Israeli-American actor, just won a major theater award in New York. Uh, fantastic actor. And the other actress, Helen. Uh, Laser. Uh, yeah, fantastic. She's, she's a huge uh, voiceover actress in New York. And both, but both of them came on like a week before the shoot because I had actors drop out because mm. of, uh, they got better, 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 roles, okay. better gigs, high, better high paying gigs. Well, it seems like you got like it's such a great. It's, so this is the first film that you directed, like kind of from a independent standpoint. So you Absolutely. like had, you had location issues, you had casting. You're talking about you had a location scout. Like you had to find it your own. Like you're you're this is independent film, right? Like it's oh yeah yeah. And I I I I produced it. Yeah, it's my money. Yeah, it's my it's, it's your money. money. So yeah, this is this is part. This is part of the like you know. The, the fact, I guess, right? You're juggling so many things and it's like yeah. there's balls in the air and you got to catch everything and things drop, of course, right? Yeah, it, it, it was a big, it was a big, uh, it was a big, 
big undertaking. And I was lucky enough, uh, I just want to mention it in case I forget, uh, my composer, her name is Marika Van Dyke. Uh, I worked with her at Blue Note, the, the jazz club. She was a grad student. She's a saxophone, saxophonist, composer. Her stuff is kind of like chamber jazz. And she did all the, all the um, music for my film, which I yeah. think is phenomenal. And I, I haven't figured out why no one, one, one festival uh, gave her an award for best soundtrack, but I think her music's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it sets a tone. It sets an interesting tone. Like we're talking about like, not an easy film, like to like, to what you're like, the way you wrote it, like to tone wise to, to carry it through. So I think she did, you're right. I think she did a marvelous job. It kind of really works. But one last thing, let me ask you about your, your case. So you got this location. What did you, cause the set decoration is like understated, but it's like nice costume designs, like everybody, it's like, it's like, nobody thinks about this, but it's like, everything seems to be right. And you got nice little sets. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's nothing's really fixed. Everything's kind of like broken down or, you know, you got the chairs, tables, chairs, not, nobody's really put posters on the walls and you know what I mean? And made it their own, I guess. Right. So mm -hmm. what did you have and what did you kind of change during with the location? Well, the location was just, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a blank warehouse. Yeah. Uh, which is why I picked it. Um, and the only thing I, one of the reasons I picked it was they had the red velvet couch and I wanted the red velvet couch. <laughs> I wanted red to pop. Yeah. And that's my Antonioni shit. That's, that's blow up. Cause I, I love the film and all of his colors pop. And I love filmmakers who think about their, their set. Yeah. And, and how, uh, Peter Greenaway thinks about his set. So you're not just watching, you know, a story, you're watching a story based in a space. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and one of my favorite filmmakers, which nobody seems to know now is Joseph Losey, American filmmaker who was blacklisted and went to England. And he made a phenomenal films in the 60s and early 70s in, in England. And he, what I noticed about him, and then I read an interview with him, was that he loves space. He would love to have the camera uh, fix, static fix on a space before the action came in, before people walked into the space yeah. before, which I wanted to do. But when you, when you have a short film, you don't have much time to, you know, to, to, to show the space. But I, I was trying to create a space for the actors to be who they were in, as opposed to just them being anywhere. Um, yeah. And and which is why you know when you have the uh, some of the action takes place in a garage. It took me a long time to find that fucking garage uh, where we had enough time for the actors to be in the garage and to be in the back of the van and to be in, that was all in the garage or else I wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 find, I, I think with, with filmmaking, if you don't give your actors a space to work in, especially when you don't have actors that are, you know, massively experienced, mm. uh, they, they might be cold in a space. So give them a space that's, that's warm. Yeah. 
So I think that it's one of those things where um, you tell your reference Greenway, which he does a lot, and uh, Tarantino does it as well, where he, I think Tarantino rips off of those the filmmakers he talked about, but basically... Right. Uh, yeah, I love it. basically you, you showing the, 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 the floors and the ceilings. I know it's something that, that you, you, this is what you constantly show in this film, right? You're constantly showing the ceiling. Like when do you, when you watch a film, you really don't see the ceiling that often when you're watching a TV show or whatever, or, or film, because usually there's lights on top. Right. <laughs> but, but in your film, it's like, you're always showing, I know it's something like, but you're telling, you reference those films, like Greenway, especially, right always showing the whole kind of set, I guess, right? I'm, I'm saying, yep. assuming you're nodding, you did, it on, you did it on a purpose, I guess, right? Well, yeah, because I I, I like the set. I want it, to, like the set is, yeah. is a character. If yeah. the set's not a character, I think the film is a TV show. It's not a film. Okay. You know, so, so I, I think, you know, uh, if you take Greenway, uh, well, he's a hard person. I don't even know why I brought him up because I, I can't, nobody can even replicate anything. No, no, no. But I'm talking about like, yeah, like I think most Listen. people have seen the cook, the thief, his wife and his lover. Yeah. Where you're like, you're, you really get into the minutia of the set, I guess, right? Always. The rest, That's yeah. I'm saying. Really into, yeah. You always have the set. So you're always there. You know, you, you, and, and that's what I was saying about Joseph Losey. There's a famous Losey film called Accident. And you're always, for some reason, you feel wherever you are, whether it's that there's an accident that opens the film, you're in the accident, you're in the car, or you're in the man's house who witnesses it, who comes and witnesses the accident mm. and the aftermath, or you're in, you're always in someone's space. Yeah. And it's part of the film. And I, I think a lot of films are not like that. And it's just, that's what I find. Yeah. Well, I, re I referenced uh, Tarantino because Reservoir Dogs, like where they're, they're in the warehouse for half the film yeah. and he's shooting everywhere, right? Like he's like, and it kind of reminded me of Reservoir Dogs where it's like even a little bit funny, even though it's a little bit scary and there's like, there's torture or whatever, right? But it's like, you know what I mean? It kind of reminded me of that of that in a sense. Your film. You can you can tell everyone it reminds you of Reservoir Dogs. Please. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you've been told that before, I'm sure you've been I'll told take that it. before. No, right? no, I have not. I'll take it. Yeah, but, you, know, you know what I mean. It's just got that like you know like and you're, you're referencing filmmakers and films and you're just like you're kind of like not stealing shots but you're kind of using shots that, that absolutely that before. Right? I would I would shoot. I I think it's brilliant. You know, to I mean Reservoir Dogs. I, I can't, I own it. I, I can't remember how many minutes, but I would say probably three quarters of the film is in that warehouse. The warehouse, yeah. Uh, and, and I never wanted to leave the warehouse. <laughs> when I, you know, yeah. when I first saw it, I was like, oh, you're leaving the warehouse. No, I love the warehouse. And, you know, I, no, it works. It works really well. Yeah. Um, so I'll take that. No, he's good. Like he obviously he's a great filmmaker because he like like I said he always mixes the tones, right? He always like and he he and most filmmakers it couldn't work, but it always like you're always engaged. Yeah. Within, even with your film, like you're in one location, but for some reason you, you forget you're there for that long. I guess right. So yeah, and if uh, to be honest, my film would have been a little more uh, 
aggressive if if I was allowed. I gotcha. think I, uh, I had trouble casting certain scenes, so I toned down certain scenes, the opening scene. Um, not that I need, you know, not that I needed it, but it was, uh, I, I found a, you know, because I had no budget, mm. not paying people a fortune, but it was a SAG shoot. Okay. Um, but I found people were reticent, more reticent maybe than they might've been before. Not, not, I'm not talking about nudity or I'm talking about a certain, a certain type of relationship between people yeah. that I wasn't expecting. Uh, and I found, I found the best actors I could, you know. No, to, I understand. You know. So what did you think of the audience feedback video that we sent you? What did you think of the audience talking about? It was great. Comments? Some of them, I, I was very surprised, I have to say, that I thought the younger feedback was better than the older feedback. And I thought for a film like mine, it would be yeah. reversed. Yeah. Uh, so I'm clueless. Well, I <laughs> I think that I think that uh, that the the younger generation, where they call the millennials, are kind of like '70s movies. There's like really great ones, and then there's a ton of bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> so we try to get the great ones, and they 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 were really into yes, yeah. right? I, I was I was blown away. I was like, wait, you got it, you got it, yeah, you got it, but uh, you know, and uh, and they were they were a little more a little more. Um, uh, open in there. Uh, I shouldn't say that everybody was fine. Yeah. Uh, but they they were they were a little sharper. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, uh, and and I was surprised because I work with I work with a very a broad spectrum of people. Then sure. obviously, and uh, and uh, I love I love when people get it. I would love when people don't get it and call me on it, but nobody has called me on it. So I'm thinking, uh, maybe it's maybe it's not that important of a of a film. Yeah. Nobody's called me on it, but um, you know, when people like it and they get it, I'm excited. Uh, and I, I was surprised at how many people seem to really like it. Yeah, it's a fun film to watch. It really is, and I think that people can understand like there, there's some humanity into the characters too. Right. So like we get yeah, it. I'm hoping. Yeah, no, we, we understand this, the, the characters. We've got what we referenced in the beginning. That's what we talked about in the beginning, like the psychology yeah. of like that feeling of angst, I guess. Right. So yeah. you said you work at, it's a great film. It's obviously doing, getting a ton of awards at festivals. It's doing well for yourself. You said you got that feature that you want to make. I guess that's your next step, but you're all, but right now you're working at CNN, right? I, I work at CNN. I, I'm doing forensic files, producing forensic files? forensic files. Yeah. So you worked at CNN in New York City. Yeah. So it's interesting times, I guess, right? Very interesting times. Yes. Yeah. Uh, lots going on in the CNN world. Oh yeah. Well, we just had big shakeups. We just had a big oh, really? merger. Oh yeah. CNN and uh, and Discovery just merged. Oh, gotcha. So that threw everything. Woo! Yeah, uh, that's why I'm doing forensic files. You know, you went woo, and so, but you know, everything's good. They're good. I've worked for all the networks. I used to work for ABC for years. And did you work for Fox? Uh, I don't work for Fox. 
Sorry. You said all the networks. I was just asking if you work for Fox. I said, I said the networks. I didn't say Fox. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Although I have I have very good friends and colleagues who worked for Fox years ago. And what do they say? What do they say about Fox? Off the record. They, they don't say anything. They don't say anything. Okay. So they keep it. They're like well, a Republican, Fox is, right? They Fox just change. Fox has changed very much. Yeah. The sure. Last 15, 20 years. No, of they course. Yeah. Very much. But, Fox wasn't what it was, you know, in the 80s. It's, it's a different company. No, of course, yeah. Because yeah. they make so much money off of that, that, that you know, that, I was going to say that, what's his name, Roger Ailes kind of creation, right? So That's all they care about. Yeah, because they make billions of dollars, right? Yes, and that's all that matters in, yeah. you know. In, that's all that, well, you can, you can argue, listen, you're not going to say anything, but you can argue that's the problem with CNN too, right? Like, that's like, too much money. But I can't say that. No, I'm just saying, make it too much money. It should be about the news, right? That's what it used to be like, right? Well, here's the thing, though. All these companies, I I was telling my friend the other day, you have to remember, these are not, like, CNN is not news. It's opinion. Fox is, Fox has news, but that's not what people yell about. What they yell about is their opinion shows. Yeah, I think Fox News is Fox News. Yeah, just like ABC, C, CBS, yeah. ABC. I mean, you know, it's 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 news. But but as soon as somebody gives an opinion, it's not news. It's it's opinion television. Yeah, and that's or, where that's where things start to go. And they're not, it's not even opinions anymore. We can it's a we're open of kid of words, but it's almost like they're just telling lies and. Propaganda. I'm not gonna say that on camera. All right. So great <laughs> film. I appreciate your time. I know that you're doing some great work at CNN. You want to make your feature? I'm sure you will. You got some some great awards with this film. So let's talk again when you make your feature or when you make another short. Absolutely. I can't wait. Thank right. you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Schlemiel, Schlemizel, Hasenbeck Incorporated.